Well, it is both my privilege and my pleasure to introduce to you our guest speaker for today. And he is someone that I've wanted you to meet for quite some time. Very in-demand kind of a guy. And one day I was talking to him and he said, man, you got to get, get your name in there and we'll get you on the calendar. And so probably three quarters of a year ago, I put my name in and, and it just so happened that we were able to have him here today. Brett Allen is the superintendent of the Northern California, Nevada District of the Assemblies of God. And we are also pleased to have his wife, Valerie, with us today. Uh, this man is responsible for the oversight of 1,378 credentialed ministers of the Assemblies of God. Now, I just want for a moment for you to think of what an undertaking it would be to somehow manage 1,378 people like me. So it's a staggering concept if you think about it, so please keep Brett Allen in your prayers. Uh, he also is responsible for the oversight of 453 churches, 129,000 adherents who speak 20 different languages in our, sec in our uh, district. I love this man dearly. I don't just consider him my district superintendent, but I consider him my friend. And Brett is a man of integrity. He is a man who possesses great wealth, great knowledge, and experience. And his help and his advice, advice always comes with great wisdom and great discernment attached to it. And he does what God has called him to do with sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And this produces in him a very kind and loving heart, and he is willing to help all people, be kind to all people, help them with their struggles. He's always looking for ways in which he and his team can help the churches within the Northern uh, California, Nevada district. But his, his greatest attribute is his love for the Lord. I've noticed often, whenever he speaks, tears will come to his eyes and he has to sometimes stop as he's simply reading the word of God. And that tells me how much he treasures the word and how much he loves the Lord. We just this week completed our 2022 district council. And I have to tell you, in my opinion, it was the best district council we have had in the nine plus years that I've been here. And now we have the privilege of him being with us today with the afterglow of the follow up of a great move of God's spirit at our district council. So what I want you to do is I want you to stand to your feet and give him a great red bluff welcome to Reverend Brett Allen. Wow. Well, good morning. You look good. And you sound good. Last time I was in this church, there weren't so many folk in it. Man, oh man, you guys are doing a great job here in Red Bluff. Pastor David, Lisa, thank you so much for inviting me and Valerie to join you today. It is absolutely an honor and a privilege to be here. It is a sacred trust for a pastor to trust his desk to another minister, and today I am quite honored to be with you. And I wish that we had 1,376 ministers like you. I wish that. My life would be quite different if they were all like you, my friend, I tell you. You're doing a fine, fine job. 
It's an exciting thing to step in and see over 30 water baptisms in a church. That means that people are accepting Christ in this place. That means that people are being discipled in this place. It also means that there are more people now equipped to impact the community that you live in for the cause of Christ. Some of you, when you were young, you were called by God. You were at a children's camp, or you were at a youth camp, or you were at an event, or you were at something, and God put his hand on you, and you know that you know that you know that God spoke something over your life, and he set you apart. Some of you, you were sitting here listening to Pastor David preach, or you were in a, in a midweek Bible study, and you felt God talk to you about you. You know that God set you apart. You know that God put a claim on your life, and he said, I have called you. Some of you have lived your entire life knowing that God has something for you, but then life started to happen. And there were some issues, and there were some challenges, and there were some seasons maybe you weren't very proud of. You see, there was that divorce, or that was, there was that abortion, or there was that time that you spent in jail. And you decided that all of a sudden now, you're not qualified for the call that God put on your life. But Romans 11 says that the call of God is irrevocable. And that means that God does not change his mind about you. That means that when there are issues and there are problems, then there are seasons of life that you can only deem as difficult and regretful. That those don't eliminate you, they uniquely qualify you for what God wants to do in your life. And we sit in a time in the history of the world, in the history of the church, that never has there been a more ripe harvest field than there is right now. Never has there been a time that people are so low on hope and so low on direction and so low on option. Never has there been a time that they need Jesus like they need him right now. And never has there been a time in society that you've had more in common with anybody that you walk into. Uh, walk up to. You and they have gone through the exact same set of circumstances over the past couple of years. I walked up to a store a few months ago and I got to the door and because I'm a slow learner, I didn't have my mask. And I stopped and I don't know why I do this, but I started patting myself, hoping that somehow I had shoved one in a pocket somewhere. And while I was doing the self-pat down, I looked and there was another man patting himself down outside the store and we started laughing and I said, if I had a spare, I'd share it with you. <laughs> don't know him, don't know where he's from, don't know his background, but we have so much in common. Today is the day that if God has called you, if God has set you apart, Regardless of what has happened in your life, today is the day the call of God needs to be rekindled because today is the day where the church is absolutely essential in our world. 
If that's you, and there's a call of God on your life, and you've done your very best to bury it because of something that was that happened or that you said or that you went through, at the close of this service, I'm going to be around the front, and I would be very honored to just put hands on you and to pray for you and to call that thing back up to the front and to allow God to start using you in these days that we live in the way that he has intended when he put that call on you. This is the day to rekindle that thing and to bring it back up to the front. If I was the devil and I knew that God's people were as powerful and as effective as you are, then I would work very diligently at trying to discourage you away from being actively engaged. I would work very hard at helping you be discouraged about things that are going on in the state of California or in the United States of America or across the world. I would work very hard at getting you discouraged because once you're just discouraged, then you start to doubt and you start to question and you get really, really quiet. You see, encouragement is a huge deal in our lives. And I have never known God to use an habitually discouraged person. And the people that God uses the most are routinely encouraged and able to encourage others. Encouragement's a big deal. It's amazing what you can encounter and what you can put up with and what you can overcome when you're encouraged. And when you are discouraged, it's amazing how little it takes to render you completely ineffective for kingdom work. Before I go any further, I just want to pray for you. I want to pray a different kind of prayer over you this morning. Sometimes we pray for ourselves when we're preaching. Sometimes we pray that God will anoint our messages. I don't want to pray either one of those things. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your ears because seven times in the book of the Revelation it says, for he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit would say to the church. Friends, if the Holy Spirit of God will be our chief communicator in this place, while I'm preaching one message today, he'll preach a couple of hundred individual messages. If the Holy Spirit of God talks to you, you'll still be thinking about this message on Thursday. And if he doesn't, you'll forget it by the time you get out to your car. Father, thank you for your word. It's alive and it's active. And it cuts through the nonsense of our lives to the very hardened reality of who we are. And Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for their pastor. Thank you for the staff pastors and the board members and the teachers. God, I know that you have a message for this church. And so Lord, today, We invite you to be the chief communicator in this place. Holy Spirit is the author of the book. We just ask that you would be here and that you would talk to us and that you would preach. 
Lord, as I share, would you do what I can't do? Would you make it effective? Would you anoint ears? Would you speak to men and women and young people uniquely and individually? Bless us as you talk to us. Lord, we know by your word that even when two of us get together in your name, you take time out of running the universe to join us. And we recognize your presence. We recognize that you're here. We know it. So now we just give way to you speaking to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. There's a story in the Bible about one of my biblical heroes, David. And it was a story about David in a particularly difficult time in his life. The story is found in 1 Samuel chapter 30. David and his mighty men are living in a place called Ziklag. And they've returned home from a trip and they find that everything they own has been stolen Their homes have been burned, and everybody that they love has been kidnapped and taken off by an enemy named the Amalekites. And David's men are so upset that they actually talk about killing him. Now, in leadership, we just call this a bad day. This is a bad day. Everything's gone, everybody's gone, and those that remain are looking at you and trying to figure out how to end your life because somehow that's going to make their day better. And it says in 1 Samuel 30 and verse 6, and David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. Now, for those of you who are under 20, that is an old-fashioned term. It's a different kind of stoning than we talk about today, getting stoned. This is an old-fashioned rock festival where they throw rocks at you until you're not moving around anymore. Because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Encouragement is so important, it's so vital to you, it's so significant to me, it's such a mainstay of what we need to be effective for Christ in this day and age that we cannot depend on other people to bring encouragement to us. We can't wait for somebody to say something to us. We can't wait for somebody to send us a card. We can't wait for somebody to make the phone call. We cannot wait for someone else to bring encouragement to us We have to know how to directly go to the Lord and find encouragement on a regular basis. In fact, spiritual maturity is shown that you are not dependent upon other people to receive what it is that God wants to give to you directly. Never go to somebody to get something that God has set himself up to give you directly. David's having a bad day. When David and his men came to Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters taken captive. The homes are gone. The possessions are gone. The kids are gone. The wives are gone. And everybody's mad at David. David in this moment is going to stop and to show us as mature Christians 
What to do in a situation where everything around you is discouraging? What do you do? How do you remain effective in difficult times, in tough times, in challenging times? How do you remain effective? David does an amazing thing. He encourages himself in the Lord. To understand this truth, I need to understand that I only need one person, that's me and the Lord, for me to be encouraged today. I don't need my friends. I don't need my family. I don't need anybody else to stand with me, just me and Jesus, and I can leave any set of circumstance and be encouraged and ready to further the kingdom of God. What a powerful thought. So when is encouragement the most needed? Well, the Bible says in Hebrews 3.13, encourage one another daily. So we know that this encouragement thing is such a big deal that you need it every single day of your life. Encouragement is something that we need every day. Not just when things are going badly do you need to be encouraged. You need to be encouraged on a regular basis every single day. Encouragement has great value on the bad days. Encouragement has great value on the good times. To say that we only need encouragement during difficult times is like saying you only need air when you're underwater. That you only need to work when you realize you have no money. That you only need to say I love you to your spouse when they're angry with you. There are a lot of things that we need to do in life daily and encouraging ourselves is one of them. The word here in the Hebrew means to fasten upon, to take hold of, to be strong, to be courageous, to be able to repair and then to conquer. I believe if we learn to encourage ourselves in the good times, we'll have the strength and the discipline and the know-how to be able to encourage ourselves when the days of difficulty come. And that's exactly the kind of day that David is having. David's having a rough day. David's in a rough place. It says this, now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag. That's another time that you need to be encouraged is when you find yourself in a place called Ziklag. Now I've noticed that in all the names of the cities, the towns that I have driven through in Northern California and all over Nevada, I have never run into Ziklag, California. This one just did not catch on for some reason. This one doesn't have that kind of sweet sound to it. Ziklag. It just sounds horrible. And there they are. Ziklag is a place that represented waiting for David and his men. It's a place that David was forced to go because Saul was trying to kill him. Ziklag is located in the territory of the enemy, the Philistines, God's enemies. At this time, David's about 29 years old. Remember that David was chosen by God to be the next king of Israel. At around 16, David was anointed and prophesied over by Samuel. Shortly thereafter, David went out on a battlefield as a young man and killed a 10-foot giant. And then he was promoted to the royal house of King Saul. David led the armies to victory after victory after victory. And he became a national hero. And he became such a hero that when he would come back, the women started singing songs about him. 
Saul has slain his thousands. David has killed his tens of thousands. And Saul didn't like the song. You thought that that just started in modern day America, that people came and didn't like the music? No, no. It started way back with King Saul. He did not like the song. The women, they were going, oh, this is an amazing song. We're going to sing it when the king comes back. And he didn't like it, so Saul threw spears at him. And he ends up now in Ziklag. And what looks like this straight path right to the throne gets a detour. Have you ever been detoured in your life? You're going one way. Everything looks great. Everything looks acceptable. Everything looks according to plan. And then you get detoured and everything changes. That's what happened to David. So David and his men are now in Ziklag. And they're waiting. They're waiting for God to fulfill his promise. And that's exactly what Ziklag is. It's a place of waiting. Somewhere between God's promise and the fulfillment of God's promise. Ziklag is in the middle. It comes after a dream has been put in your heart, but before the dream has become a reality in your life. It wasn't Bethlehem. That's where David was from. And it isn't Jerusalem, because that's where David is headed. It's Ziklag. It's in the middle of David's journey. It's a frustrating place to be stuck in the middle of the journey, having a hard time. But the truth is, every believer spends time in Ziklag. Ziklag is a place where God teaches us patience. And Ziklag is a place where we absolutely need to be encouraged in Christ. Listen to what David wrote during his time in Ziklag. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. When you're in Ziklag, when you're stuck in between, when you're in that period of your life where you're waiting, that's a time that you need to encourage yourself in the Lord. Another time that you need to be encouraged is when the enemy has attacked you. On the third day, the Amalekites had invaded in the south of Ziklag, attacked Ziklag, burned it with fire, taken captive the women and all those who were there. From the small to the great, they did not kill anyone, but they carried them away and went their way. David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. I want to remind you of 1 Peter 5, 8. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. At some point in your life as a believer, at some point in your life as a minister, at some point in your life as a Christian who cares about the world around you, the enemy will attack you. You will get knocked down at some point. But it's how you respond in that attack that matters most. Encouragement is greatly needed when you are in a battle and you have suffered a blow. If you're in a battle today and you're getting tired, don't forget to encourage yourself in the Lord. If you're fighting a fight and it feels like you just might lose this one, don't forget to take some time 
to encourage yourself in the Lord. Look what David wrote in Psalm 91. For Jehovah is my refuge. I choose the God above all gods to shelter me. How then can evil overtake me or any plague come near me? For he orders his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will steady you with their hands and keep you from stumbling against the rocks on the trail. You can safely meet a lion or step on poisonous snakes. Yes, even trample them beneath your feet. For the Lord says, because he loves me, I will rescue him. Because he loves me, I will rescue him. When you are in the middle of something, you love the Lord, you need to know that the rescue is on the way. Because he loves me, I will rescue him. And I will encourage myself in the Lord. Even in the middle of an intense battle, until the deliverance comes. Be encouraged by that verse today. God will not abandon those who love him. The attacks from a roaring lion might come. The attacks of a poisonous snake may come. But the Lord will rescue me. And I'm going to encourage myself in him until it happens. Encouragement is also needed when everybody seems to have abandoned you. David was seriously worried for in their bitter grief for their children as men began talking of killing him. David's in distress. He's worried because his men want to kill him. His friends are acting worse than the enemy. The enemy didn't kill anybody, but David's buddies just might. It's a lonely place to be when you have been abandoned by friends at a time of need. David wrote these words. Turn to me and have mercy, for I am alone and in deep distress. My problems go from bad to worse. Oh, save me from them all. When I'm facing times in life, and there isn't anybody around me who is saying something of encouragement to help me, or to strengthen me, or to uplift me, or to help me get through another day, what do I do then? When I'm in the middle of the storms of life, and they're real life storms, there's storms in my finances, there's storms in my marriage, there's storms with my kids, there's storms in my own body as the doctor looks at me and gives me a report I never wanted to hear. Then where do we go? Well, we need to respond like David. If no one's there to encourage you, encourage yourself in the Lord. If your friends have turned on you, then encourage yourself in the Lord. If your problems go from bad to worse, then encourage yourself in the Lord. There are always going to be seasons of life that you don't understand. There are always going to be seasons in our life that we simply deem as unfair. There are always going to be times in our life that we say, God, if you could just see this from my perspective, I know you would handle it differently. God, I know you have streets of gold. And I know you have gates of pearl. I know you have a sea of glass, but God, what I need for you to get is a watch. What I need for you to get is a calendar because you are blowing it on the timing on this thing. If you ever wondered how superintendents pray, that's it right there. 
When circumstances blindside us and there's no explanation for it, then what we need to do is encourage ourselves in the Lord. So I've said that about 27 times today. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Well, how do you do that? Well, first of all, you give yourself some time to cry. David and his men wept aloud until they had no more strength left to weep. It's 1 Samuel 30, verse 4. It's okay to cry. David and his men didn't know what to do, so they sat down and bawled. They just sat there and cried. Sometimes you just need to cry. You need to get your emotions out before you can do the right thing. Ecclesiastes 3, 4 says this, there's a time to weep and a time to laugh and a time to mourn and a time to dance. Sometimes you just need to get the emotion out so then you can go ahead and do the next thing. To be uh, encouraged in the Lord, to be a strong believer in Christ doesn't mean that you deny your emotions. It doesn't mean that you lie about your emotions. It means that you feel the emotions. You just don't let them dictate your response to the set of circumstances. Go ahead and ball for a little while, but then get up and do what you need to do. Go ahead and cry. Just don't let yourself get bitter. Go ahead and get angry. Just don't let your anger lead you into sin. Go ahead and allow yourself to be hurt. Just don't stay hurt. All of those things are okay. They're just not the final step. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. That's right. Second thing is this. To encourage yourself in the Lord, do for yourself what others can't. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. That's the NIV. When you encourage yourself, you're strengthening yourself. David encouraged himself. David strengthened himself. Real encouragement comes from the Lord. And again, you never look to a person to give to you what only God can give to you. I have been married to Valerie for 40 years, and I have never asked her to provide for me what only God can provide for me. Never ask your pastor to do something for you that only God is set up to do for you. You know why we get so disappointed with people? Because we ask them to fill in and do things for God that they have no ability to do. Go to your friends for things that friends do, but go to God for the things that only God can do. David didn't look to his men for help. He knew there was no help there. He went to the Lord. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven. And earth. Third thing is put your attention back on God. One of the greatest things that we can do to encourage ourselves is to get our focus back on God. David said to Abathar the priest, the son of Amalek, bring me the ephod. Abathar brought it to him and David inquired of the Lord. David called to the priest and then he called out to the Lord. He isn't looking to his men any longer. He is going over their head to the Lord. He's going to turn to God to try and fix this problem. Psalm 34, 3 says this, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. Magnify means to make him bigger. When your God gets bigger than your problems, that's a good day. And when your problems get bigger than your God, you're out of business as a Christian. Magnify the Lord in those difficult times. Get him bigger and bigger and bigger. And you'll handle your problems differently. 
And then let the word of God give you direction. David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. So David went, he and the 600 men who were with him. Verse 18, so David recovered all the Amalekites and carried away. David rescued his two wives and, and nothing of theirs was lacking, neither small nor great, son or daughter, spoiler, anything that had been taken from them. David recovered all. David didn't rush out and do his own thing until he got a word from God. Nothing will encourage you like God's word and like a word from the Lord as you're reading his word. God's word gives life. It gives strength. It gives hope. It gives peace. It gives encouragement like nothing else on earth can. Jesus said, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. God's word will give me strength. It'll give me hope. It'll give me clarity. It'll give me direction in days where nothing seems to have a true north attached to it. God's word will give me direction. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. When I can't see where to go in life, and it feels dark, God's, God's word will light the path and push back the darkness. Let me give, me, let me give you one final thought. It said in that verse, in verse 9, so David went, he and the 600 men who were with him, these are the same guys that wanted to kill him just a little while earlier. And because David encouraged himself in the Lord, he was able to impact 600 other grieving people into action. These 600 guys who want to kill him are now following him into battle because one encouraged Christian can do more to impact people than you can even imagine. If David had just, if, when David encouraged himself, 600 men dropped their mourning, they dropped their grief, they dropped the situation. Nothing has changed except David got a hold of God, he got a hold of God's word, and he got encouraged, and now these guys are ready to go to battle. Nothing's been recovered. Nothing's changed. But David changed, and he changed a, a host of people around him. You want to know something, Christian person, why your encouragement is so essential? is because when you're encouraged, you impact people all around you who have no hope of finding encouragement unless you get something from God that you're able to hand out to them. That's why Christians are so powerful in the day and age that we live in. What encouraged Christian? What can you do? What can you do in your family? What can you do in your office? What can you do in this town if this church left here day after day after day into the life of this community truly encouraged by God, regardless of what the new headlines are, regardless of what decision the governor has made this week, regardless of what's happening in, 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 the, new, in the newest battlefield around the world, regardless of all of that, what can we do right here as encouraged believers? Six hundred men move from let's stone him to let's follow him. 
And the only thing that took place between the two is that David got a hold of God and got encouraged. Encourage yourself in the Lord. You deserve it. Your family deserves it. And that community out there, they deserve it. And literally and honestly, they're dying to run in to an, enc an encouraged, powerful Christian man or Christian woman this week. Can I pray for you one more time? Father, thank you for my friends. Thank you for this house. Thank you for your word. And thank you for the shepherd of this flock. God, we live in days that are challenging, they're difficult, and they have a tendency to discourage. But Father, I just speak encouragement over those who are here today. I just speak that your spirit would encourage them and strengthen them. God, that you would prepare them for every good work. And Father, I pray that you would keep discouragement and the doubt of the enemy far from every man and every woman and every young person in the hearing of my voice. That God, you would completely equip them and prepare them for every divine appointment that you have set for this week. Lord, may this water baptism be but a symbol of 2022 in this house. May people be led to the Lord in record number Monday through Friday. May the house be full. May the house be full of stories of lives that have been changed because your people stand encouraged in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Pastor Brett, for that awesome word. A much needed word, as you have stated, in the times in which we're living. You know, I'm not sure everybody uh, understands how you encourage yourself in the Lord. Some people do it by getting in the word. Some people get in their prayer closet. There's a lot of different ways you can be encouraged in the Lord, but it is essential that we do that. One of the reasons that we always have the altars open at this church is sometimes some people just need to come down and you need to lay your burdens at the altar, and when I say that, lay your burdens at the altar or lay them at the foot of the cross, then when you leave, you don't pick them back up and run back to your seat with them, you lay them there. Scott, you guys wanna come forward and help me to close this down? I'd greatly appreciate it. I just feel led this morning that we take a moment, spend a bit of time at the altar, should you want to come up here. You may need to be encouraged this morning I'm sure you were encouraged when you saw 34 people being baptized. I know you were encouraged by this message. But you may be carrying something that is in the back of your mind and is preventing you from truly being free in your expressions to God and, and truly being free of being the kind of influence that Brett talked about to your family, to this church, to the community. 
So I just want to take a couple moments. If you'd like to come down here, if you have a need of any kind, if you are carrying a burden that is just too heavy for you to bear, something you can't shake, something you've been dealing with for a long time, this altar is open. You can feel free to come down here at any time. And while you're doing that, and if you do that, there's something else that I would like to do today. Janet, are you here? Janet Blackheader, would you come down here for me, please? One of the ways that we can also be encouraged is to encourage one another. I'm asking Janet to come down here because her sister, Debbie Mangold, who's a member of our church, has been away from us for probably three quarters of a year now. She, is, uh, she has cancer and uh, we haven't been able to be near her because of the treatment she's been going through. The doctors didn't want her to be uh, someone to perhaps give her something and the news for Debbie has not been good of late and at our district council our district council we got the family here at our district council the other night we laid hands on and prayed for a lot of people Most of them were pastors, retired pastors and their wives. And folks, we're not exempt from problems. And some of the things that I prayed for were very serious things. Prayed for a man who had just been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Prayed for a couple who had a daughter who was not serving the Lord. And we had already received news the very next morning of somebody who went to the doctor the next day and what the problem was was gone. Cancer in their throat, it was gone. And what we prayed for was that we would begin to see, once again, signs and wonders within the church. That we would see people healed that we would see people be baptized in the Holy Spirit and, and become powerful testimonies to God's love and to, to reach others for Jesus Christ. And I thought to myself, I prayed for all these people that I don't know the other night and I wanna pray for one that I do know. And the reason that I've asked Janet to come up here is because I want her to stand in proxy for her sister. Brett, I'd like to, for you to come forward. I'd like our board, board members that are here to come forward like the pastoral staff to come forward. I wanna lay hands on Janet. We wanna pray for healing for Debbie. I'd like all of you to stand to your feet. And what I would like to ask of you is you may not be up here laying hands for her, but would you pray in faith that the God who can do all things is capable of healing Debbie? Doesn't matter what the doctors say. It doesn't matter what you think or what we think. And the truth is, even when you think about this, you go, well, it's, a, it's a big order to fill. Healing someone of cancer is like you swatting a gnat off your arm to God. Do you understand that? The name of Jesus is greater than any name, than anything. And that also means the name of cancer in whatever form that it comes in. And so what I want you to do is I want you to to just raise your hand out towards Debbie. And we're gonna pray for her, I'm gonna anoint her in oil. 
Would you earnestly pray as a family? Let's come together as a family. Let's stand in agreement today, believing that God can heal her. Don't doubt that. Believe that God can heal her. And Debbie, I don't know if you're watching from home, but I want you to know we love you. Your family here loves you, and we miss you and Ken dearly. And Ken, while we're praying, why don't you just lay your hands on Debbie, and we're gonna pray for her now. I know there are people down here at the altar right now. They can stay and pray as long as they would like. I'm gonna go ahead and dismiss the rest of you in prayer. If you wanna to continue to pray here, you can. I'll be out in the foyer, I'll greet you as you leave, even though I was not the one who delivered the powerful word, I'd still like to say hello to you. Will you bow your heads with me? Precious Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, that we can be encouraged by you and you alone. We don't need any outside sources to do that. All we need to do is lean into you, Father, and you will always lean into us and give us exactly what we need. I thank you for our district superintendent. I ask your blessings upon Brett as he does a very difficult job. Honestly, I don't know how the man does it. He travels all the time, always challenges set before him, but I know that he encourages him, him, himself in the Lord and that's how he does what he does. I pray that you would empower him to continue to lead our district powerfully with discernment and wisdom as he always does. Strengthen him, Father, in those moments when he needs it the most. And Father, as we go our separate ways today, I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide our steps, the places we go, the things that we do, the conversations that we have, that those conversations would be designed to build people up and not tear anyone down. I pray that we would shine like bright lights in a very dark world. And that bright light is the love of Christ that shines in and through us. Father, I pray that it would be so recognizable that people would come to us and say, what is it about you that is so different? And we can tell them that it is the love of Christ. And then you open that door for us to tell them about your goodness. Father, I pray when you open those doors that we would have the courage to walk through and to share your goodness with someone else. Father, I ask that between now and the time that we meet together again, you would keep us safe from accidents, you would keep us safe from sicknesses and diseases till we can gather together again and worship you in spirit and in truth. And once again, I pray for our friend Debbie. We pray healing on her body today and we thank you for what you're already doing. In the precious and holy name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen and amen. Thank you for being here today. God bless you. When the music fades.